Have you ever wished to know the secrets of great leaders, wondered how they became so great? Dr. Bill Purvis will discuss 10 of their secrets for you today. These 10 simple steps will be sure to take you to new heights in your leadership, both at work and at home. All right, I want to welcome you this month to uh, Bill Purvis Leadership and tell you that I'm really glad that you are here and uh, wherever you may be at the moment, if you're in the office or in the home or driving down the road in the car, I hope that what I have to say to you today can lift you and help you and bless you in a lot of ways. And um, I'm excited about sharing with you some of the things that I know work when we want to grow into leadership. And so my hope is that as you want to develop and be the best person that you can be and reach the potential that you believe you have within you, that uh, I can help you to, to ignite the fire and focus that direction and, uh, and kind of help you to move the ball along and even block for you in some ways. And so I want to talk to you today about what I call the top 10 list for leaders. These are things that almost every leader you'll find is going to have them somewhere in their life or a part of their DNA. And so I want to jump right into it so that we don't waste any time and you and I get started on learning the top 10 list that every leader needs to have. Uh, number one is this, know yourself. I really believe that all leaders really know themselves probably better than they know anyone else. Uh, leaders know their strengths, and, and they know what they're gifted at. And they also know their weaknesses, and they know what they cannot do that well. And and every great leader that I've ever met, i got to be honest with you, is very aware of their own skills, and they're also aware of their lack of skills. Uh, they just won't pick up some things because they know they're not good at it. So the starting place for leadership, if you and I want to be the leader that we ought to be, is going to be a self-examination. And we're going to have to ask ourselves, am I good at this or not good? Now, I want to just admonish you here. You're not a failure if you cannot sell. You're not a failure if you cannot manage. Or you're not a failure if you can't repair something or be good with your hands. That doesn't make you a failure. In fact, it makes you wise if you can admit you can't do that. So know yourself so that you won't waste your time and that you can make progress in the area of your own strength. I love this Bible verse. It says, a man's gifts will set him before kings. And what the writer of Proverbs is trying to tell us is that if you and I will figure out our gift and begin to focus on our gift, it'll take you to the high places in life, places you couldn't be if you're messing around with your weaknesses and always trying to shore those up. So the first step, the top 10 list for leaders, number one is know yourself. All right, once you've got that, let me give you the other one. Number two is going to be pay the price and earn your way to lead. Pay the price and earn your way to lead. And when I say that, I mean you got to earn the right for you to be a leader. Don't expect promotion and, uh, and don't expect leadership to come to you just by title or position. You know, a lot of folks remind me of that Barney Fife character that used to give him a badge and a bullet and all of a sudden he'd go out and arrest everybody and he couldn't handle power because you put the title of the position on him and it just went to his head. And so I want you and I to learn this. Don't expect people to follow us or to respect us just because we have a badge or an office or a position. you got to prove yourself. Every great leader that I know took the long road to their spot. There wasn't any shortcuts. They just took every assignment that was passed on to them, and they gave it their all. I love to read the histories and biographies of some of the great leaders of the past, and even some of those of the present, and you'll discover they started off in some of the lowest places but they did the very best in those low places, and as they learned that and honed their skill and their character and their work habits, they began to move up the ranks, and many of them weren't even looking at how, uh, how they were going to get there or what strategy or what others were doing to get there. They just were so good at what they were doing and pouring their best into the moment that it almost lifted them and took them to that place. 
And so that's my suggestion to you is don't look for the short, shortcuts. Serve your way into leadership. You know, Jesus Christ did this one time. He, he took a towel and he wrapped it around himself and he washed the feet of his disciples. He was saying he wasn't afraid to be a servant at times. I was reading recently where Mark Cuban, the uh, owner of the Dallas Mavericks, the billionaire young guy that's really a great guy to listen to his attitude. Um, he, he would come into the Mavericks ball game and here he was, you know, being the guy that owned the team. And uh, he would see that the people behind the concession stand were just so busy. There were times he'd go behind the counter and kind of bail them out and help them out. He knew how to roll up his sleeves, and they respected him because he said the man didn't have to do this, but he was willing to. Now, I don't think leaders do that all the time and are day in and day out doing others' jobs, but I don't think they're afraid to step in and give a hand when they have to be. So serve your way to leadership. Don't be afraid of paying the price right now. I really believe this. If you keep studying and serving and adding value to other people and storing up the lessons and the knowledge that you learn along the pathway, I promise you, you're going to get promoted to leadership the right way, and it'll last for you. Number three, all right, we're talking about top 10 lists for leaders. We said, number one, know yourself. Two, pay the price and earn your way to lead. Number three, think bigger than those around you. Uh, Use your brain. Look over the hills and see the possibilities. Learn to dream. Envision how far you could take the job if you're in it with all you have and you want to make it the very best task. You know, the stories of all these great dreamers that built things. One of the ones that we always think about is Walt Disney. You know, Walt Disney saw Disneyland in his mind before there was, uh, before there was ever a Disneyland out there to be, to be seen. Someone said one time, don't you wish Walt had seen all this after he died? And they said that his wife said he did see it. That's why you're standing here. My question to you is this. Uh, what are you seeing? If you're going to think bigger than all those people around you, you're going to be the leader. Then you've got to learn to look at your organization And ask yourself, what could this really be if I just pushed the envelope with it? What would it be if I decided I want to really think big about the organization? What could we possibly do if if we took all all the restraints off and all the excuses out? What could we really do with what we have right here? And a lot of you could move your organization and and be established as a great leader just by being able to to think a little bit bigger and to plan a little bit more and dream a a little higher. And if you did that, I think you would rally a lot of people around you that want to buy into it and be a part of your dream. Let me give you the fourth one. Number four, don't rely on charisma. Now, here's one of the things that I I really want to stress for a moment. Um, I believe that many leaders do have charisma. Not all, but but, but some. Uh, But I promise you that even those that have charisma will be the first to tell you that is not the reason for their success. The reason is always deeper. Underneath the surface of every great leader who is looked upon as a charismatic personality, you're going to always see a foundation that's really built on character and uh, focused planning. They use charisma maybe to persuade or to sell, but they know that the bread and the butter uh, of their life is really the plan or the mission that they possess. Sam Walton, the uh, Walmart uh, originator, said this, people thought that he was a good promoter. He said what they never saw was that he was driven by facts and logic and a mission, not his sales ability. He said he was always misunderstood. Uh, he, he realized that the organization could never last on, uh, on just charisma and personality. It had to last on, on values. He said, but the tragedy was the people around him never understood the values, the missions, or the logic of facts that he possessed. Uh, they just always thought it was old Sam's charisma that got him there. And I promise you, almost every charismatic leader I know 
faces that very same uh, criticism. People say, oh, they got there because of their personality. And if I just had personality like them, then they don't realize it was never their personality. Their personality was just kind of the, the cherry on top. But underneath that, they were a person who was driven by that mission or that value, or those facts or logics. And so I want to encourage you, don't rely on charisma. Put something in your tank. Learn something. Get something. Get a skill. Hone it. And I promise you, when the charisma is gone, you'll still be surviving. And so leaders understand that. Number five, here's the fifth uh, of the top ten. Fifth one is focus on principles more than profits. Now, what I mean by that is this. We all need a, uh, a set of clearly defined core values, and we need to live by those values at all costs. Uh, I, I, I encourage you, don't sell out your principles, not for money, not for favors, not for acceptance. Live by your values. Uh, Bible characters that we all respect when we read through the Bible Every one of those uh, represent that. You know, I like reading sometimes and I'll find Joseph. And Joseph was a prime example. A guy went through adversity. He was given many opportunities to, uh, to take the shortcut or to give up his principles, but he never did. He always maintained his principles. And in the end, he finished well. And so focus your life on living by a core set of values and some principles rather than focusing on just the profit. And if you'll do that, I believe the profit will come with it. Let me give you number six. Number six is... Ask questions and turn over stones. Now, what I mean by that is leaders are unique and they're all alike pretty much in this way. They will ask questions. Whenever I'm in a room with a bunch of high-profile leaders, I, I, uh, I know I better go in there with some answers because they're coming in with the questions. And they're not coming to, to dismantle what I'm asking them to help me with, but they are coming to make sure that it's going to be able to stand. And so leaders ask questions. And they really want some good answers. They'll ask questions like this. They'll say, uh, why are we doing this? And that's a good question. They want to know before they buy in, why are we doing this? And, and they always get to the bottom line with that one. Because you need to answer that question. Before you're going to lead, you need to ask, why are we doing this? I mean, and, and, and the other questions they may ask is, they ask this one silently, but you can see it in their head. Is this the most important thing I could be doing with my time and my energy. Every uh, every leader I know that's that's really a great leader already has an agenda. They got things to do. So when I ask them to come and help me, generally uh, they're giving me a favor and a courtesy. But they want to know out of my life: Is this really going to be worth me giving up other things to do? That's why you got to give leaders a well thought through plan, and you've also got to give them a big mission. The bigger the mission, the bigger the leader you're going to attract around you, by the way. But that's the question they're going to ask. They're going to say, now, if I've got to put aside my schedule or carve out time to do this, I want to know, is this the most important thing I could be doing with the time and the money and the energy that I have? Because they don't want to waste their time. They'll also ask another question. Why does this matter? I had a guy recently ask me that. He, he just directly challenged me. Well, why does this matter? And when I began to put out the reason for why it mattered, I could see him get excited. He began to turn his chair from the table away and, and back to me. And, boy, he was all amped up. Next thing you know, he was throwing at me ideas that he could take the project that I threw out and enhance it. And I really believe the key to being able to get him on board and get him excited was when I could answer, this is why it matters. And they want to know then after they figure out, okay, the mission matters, then they'll start asking other questions. They'll ask questions like, is this the best way we can do this? And a lot of times I've had a great mission or a great plan or project, and I'd lay that out in front of some of my leaders and uh, they, 
they would challenge me with all the questions of why, why does it matter and how important is it? Can I carve out my time? And when I began to answer those well, then the next thing they do is to ask, is this the best way? And that's generally where most of them will give you a better way. Now, they, they may not be able to give me a better reason for doing it. They, they buy into why we're doing it. But they almost always, without exception, change the way I would have done it, and they give me a better way. And so that's where we work together real well. And I, I want to encourage you, bring some of the people around you when you're trying to lead an organization that you believe can add that value. And if you can cast the vision enough and show them why something matters and what potential you have and what you can do and the impact you can make, then I believe that where you're going to find they're going to bring to you the, the, uh, the, the missing piece or the other leg is going to be when they show you how to do it even better. And so there's a, there's a, there's a real need for us to do what I call ask the questions and turn over stones. Pick up every rock and check out every scenario and, and ask your question, you know, what's worst case scenario, what's best and all that and go through it. Let me give you number seven. Number seven, inspect policies and systems before a crisis. Now, what I mean by that is periodically and, and, uh, and as often as you can, take time to kind of look through your procedures or the policies or systems or your classes or your people or all the components often enough to make sure that your operation is going to be running at its very best. Uh, sometimes what I've found is that a crisis reveals that it was always incubating for a long time unchecked when we finally saw it surface. And, and we say, you know, if we'd have been checking back before then, we'd have figured that out in advance. And we wouldn't be where we are with this crisis at hand if we had been doing our job back then, inspecting and, uh, and checking and reviewing. So I want to encourage you to do something. Look at your organization and, uh, and update it. Uh, walk through it, inspect it for the purpose of avoiding a crisis down the road. If you'll check it all prior to a crisis, you might eliminate one or at least be better prepared if one comes. All right, let me give you the eighth thing that a leader does. Eighth on the, on the list of a leader is take risk and don't give in to fears. Take risk and don't give in to your fears. Now, what I mean by that is don't get comfortable. Sometimes many of us reach a certain place that all of a sudden we quit challenging ourselves and we stop growing. And then we wonder when we stop growing why we do the wrong things or we mess up or we have too much idle time on our hand or we just lose the zeal or the passion for whatever we started out in life. So I want to encourage you, don't go to sleep. Don't put your life or your organization on cruise control. Now, sure, you ought to take some breaks sometimes and maybe you've come through something and you need a little rest, but, but re-fire re and, uh, and get back in the game. Don't, take, you know, don't, don't, don't give your fears the chance to uh, grow in your life. And so be willing to take some risk again and, uh, and step up, venture out, try something new, do something different again. Try another out-of-the-box idea or project, something that stretches you once more. So take some risk again and don't give in to the fears. Uh, don't play safe. Number nine, let me give you this one. Number nine, and this is one of those personal pet peeves of mine, um, reject the, cl the club of political games. Just reject being a member of the club of political games. Every company and every church and, and all the organizations that I'm aware of has a political group lingering around. Now, there are people in that world and they love to talk about that world and they love to advise and they like to mingle and basically just waste each other's time. And, and that's what they do. I have never found a winner in that club. I've never found an eagle. I've never found a leader that is uh, deeply involved in the political games of whatever job or business or church they're in. 
They're just not there. They don't have time for it. Um, here's what leaders do. Leaders do their job the very best they can, and then they go home. I find that over and over. If you want to give me a telltale sign of the best leaders, when I'm in a room with a bunch of people in a certain organization, uh, generally I'll find the best leader, the one who's producing the most, is the one that's, that's taking it off the charts, doing their job, and then they're going home. They're not hanging out with everybody else after hours all the time, living their whole life with the same people all the time, and, and missing out on the family life. And so be a leader. Be a leader. Be different. Uh, don't play the game of political stuff. Uh, don't give yourself to the unprofitable, time-wasting things like that. I, I read a book many years ago by Howard Cosell. He's dead now, but he was a sports announcer. And he had this recognizable voice on Monday Night Football. But he wrote a book later on about how he didn't play the political game. And the title of his book was called, I Never Played the Game. And, and I would encourage you, don't play the game. Uh, give your life into something a little bit bigger, a little bit better, and the things that really do matter. Uh, and, and give yourself to the people that are going to cry the deepest when you die. At number 10, let me give you the last one. The 10th on this list is develop your faith. Develop your faith. Now, I believe that your connection to God and your relationship with Him is the key to lasting peace and personal fulfillment. And so I encourage you, develop this. Uh, the one that created you calls you to himself. And I believe that until we have totally opened up that part of our life, uh, we can get all the rest of things in our life and we'll still be missing out on something. I believe that until we've opened up and just got honest with God, said, God, you know, I want to grow. I want to be all I can be. I want to I want to uh, achieve. I want to use the gifts you've given me. And, and God, I want to develop a relationship with you. And that relationship may mean that I don't have a relationship with you right now. So I want to get that. And you can get that by faith in Christ. Or, or you, could, uh, you could already have that. Maybe you lingered or drifted away from it years ago. And, and even though you're succeeding in some areas of your life, he's not first and he's not given the priority and you've not acknowledged him in a long time or talked to him. And I would encourage you, ask him for help. Tell him you want a relationship with him again. Tell him you want to come back into his arms and just say, God, I want to, I want to partner with you and see what you can do in my life. And my challenge to you is you want to be the best leader you can be is, is to connect to the one that created you and gave you life and gave you the gifts you have and gave you what you enjoy. And so I've not done this in a long, long time on any of my leadership tapes, but I just feel today that there may be some of you that are listening and you're saying, you know, I'm, I'm growing in these areas and, and I'm starting, other people around me are, 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 are failing, but I'm seeing some, some real touches of help and growth and man, I'm being blessed in some areas. And I want to encourage you to recognize the one that gave it all to you. Give your life to God if you've not done that and allow Him to have first place in your life. Give Him your business, which means both the success and the achievements and the accomplishments, and, and give Him the failures of it. And tell Him where you find yourself in a, uh, in a predicament or you got problems or decisions ought to be made. Ask Him for wisdom because I promise He'll give it to you. And if you'll say, Lord, I want to be the best I can be for you. And I want to practice those 10 steps. I, I want to take all 10 of those and and go through them right. I, I want to know myself, and you got to teach me myself. And I'm willing to pay the price to earn my way to leadership. And, and I want to be a dreamer. I want to think big again. And, and I don't want to rely just on personality. I want to have something in the tank. And God, help me to live by principles and not sell out for the dollar. And, and help me to ask all the right questions. Help me to show me the questions to ask so that I don't get blindsided. If you go through all of those things, you know, just, just say, Lord, help me not to give in to fear and take some risk and, and not to play the game. If you'll ask him for all those things, I believe that he'll give to you the wisdom and the grace and the ability to continue to progress and succeed. 
because he wants to bless you. There's a verse in the Bible I love. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and give you a future. And I believe that he wants to do that for you. And so today as we've listened to those top 10 lists for leaders, my hope is that you'll put those to practice in your life and that uh, you'll grow and you'll be all he wants you to be. And that as we grow together on this journey, that you'll make the difference in your life and others' lives as well. And that you will do it all with such ease and such blessing that you'll know it came because of God himself who guided you and directed you. And so I hope that as we go through this together, that you'll get the very best that God designed for you to have in life. Thank you again for listening this month, and I pray for you that God will bless you. Let me pray with you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, give favor and blessing and guidance to every one of our listeners this month. Use their life for your glory. Guide them to be wise. Help them to make the right decisions. Help them, Lord, to uh, to be discerning enough to, to not make the wrong decisions or fall for what just looks good to the eye. Give them good instincts and good leadership and bless their life. And most of all, give us all a better and closer relationship with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Until next month, God bless you. And I hope you grow to be all he wants you to be. Thank you for joining us for this month's lesson, Top 10 Lists for Leaders. We hope that you will take these principles and use them to build a strong foundation for leadership. Have you wondered how Dr. Purvis learned all these principles or if he has ever made any mistakes in leadership? The answer is yes, of course. He discusses some of these mistakes in his lesson, Top 10 Mistakes. This lesson takes a look at 10 of the mistakes that he has made in leadership and helps you to avoid them. You can receive this lesson, a $15 value, for only $6.95. Many of you pastors have expressed an interest to come and meet with Dr. Bill Purvis to learn about growing your church as he has grown his. On February 19, 2008, Dr. Purvis will be leading a biblical church growth conference at Cascade Hills Church. You can learn more about this conference on the inside cover of this month's lesson. Hurry, time is running out.